listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break episode 23, and uh, we've got some big news about the new announcements that uh, Apple released last week with their Apple event, and uh, all about the iPhone XS, XS Max, and the XR, and of course the Apple Watch Series 4. We also have some follow-up and some other news items, and a tip for iOS 12 development, a very simple one, but can improve the usability of your app. Uh, last week, um, I, as everybody knows, uh, we had the Apple event that featured the new devices, the iPhone XS, the XS Max, and the XR, as well as the Apple Watch Series 4. And so um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say about these. I don't think they're basically a, a better 10 and a bigger, better 10. And then we have the the, the 10R, which uh, is an interesting device trying to come in at a lower price point. Um, but, uh, you know, they all look great. And so uh, as, as an iOS developer, uh, if you did not already get an uh, iPhone 10, then I think any of those would be definitely worthy of uh, taking a look at, and uh, especially if you can afford them, the uh, the 10R being in a more affordable price point. Uh, of course, the the 10S and the 10S Max have the uh, the better cameras, dual cameras, um, but the the 10R looks like it's no slouch either. Uh, myself. Since I have a 10, I probably won't be moving to a new uh, new iPhone this year unless I really feel like I need to go to the 10s Max. But uh, there's it's I don't really have a lot of urgency around that. Uh, the one thing that is very interesting to me out of this uh, latest event and uh, these latest product releases from Apple is the Series 4 watch. And uh, since I am a Series 0 user, and I'm one of those whose uh, battery is uh, the is slowly declining, uh, I can barely get through a day, uh, a full day on it, especially if I'm doing anything that is activity-related, then uh, I was sort of looking at possibly upgrading to a, a new watch. But uh, the, the downside is that they increase the prices substantially i think another hundred dollars or so so um i'm not quite sure what i'm going to do about this um it might make sense to go with the series three uh since it has been uh lowered on the the price point and they're still keeping it around so that's kind of attractive but then also the uh the new uh devices look awesome but uh they might be a little bit out of my price range for now so Another option is just to wait around to see if those prices come down maybe in the in December uh so during the the holiday season see if any of those uh prices get uh, adjusted uh to promote that so uh I don't know we'll we'll see how it goes um I I definitely need to upgrade soon but uh I'll have to make a decision about that uh to to see so I'll just kind of 
wait and be patient because I'd really like to actually feel and see how the, the new watches uh, look and feel actually on my wrist. So I'll have to go to the Apple store too to find that out to see if it's worthwhile. The features are amazing. The electrocardiogram, of course, everybody's talking about that, uh, is a, a an amazing feature. I don't know if that's something that I will be using, but it uh, it certainly adds to the the value of the watch as a health oriented device. So um, anyway, uh, so if you end up uh, getting any of those uh, devices, please uh, feel free to give us some feedback. Send um, a tweet to iOS Dev Break, uh, or you can also send us an email to podcast at iosdevbreak.com, and that will get to us. Uh, so that's about it for the new product announcements. And if you'd like to learn more about the announcements about the Apple event, I highly encourage you to listen to the latest episode of Accidental Tech Podcast, ATP, uh, where Marco Arment and Casey Liss and uh, John Syracuse go into great detail about the new features of the devices, give their opinions. And uh, so you can you can check that out. Uh, I think it's a really great rundown, and that's why I didn't really feel like it was necessary to cover that because it's it's been done uh, over and over elsewhere. And uh, I think ATP's coverage is probably the the best that I've heard so far. So uh, yeah, check that out, and um, then you can go to an Apple store and form your own opinions, uh, or just go ahead and order one uh, based on that. So um, whatever you do, hope it, hope it works out for you. Okay, so now it's time to get into some follow-up, and uh, this is something that we uh, just talked about last episode, which was about debugging your view hierarchies, and uh, one additional tip that I wanted to mention was something that I found uh, recently after after doing the, the, uh, the podcast episode, and there is a great article uh, from once again Paul Hudson, uh, hackingwithswift.com, and uh, he discusses how to debug your view hierarchy using recursive description. And uh, so this is a a method that you can use when you are debugging. In fact, it is a a method on UI view, and uh, so it's sort of a hidden method, and uh, it's it's actually called recursive description, and it prints out an ASCII rendering of your view hierarchy, and it does that right within the console. So you you can set a, a breakpoint, and you can go, and when your your application stops at the breakpoint, then you can go to your console and uh, in your debugger, and in Swift, uh, because this is kind of a, a hidden property, then it makes it a little tricky to get at in Swift. But uh, basically you use NS key value coding to get that that value. So you would use the value for key method of your view and you would pass the recursive description property to it. And it will print out all the views and children and the hierarchy. And uh, there's some properties that will be uh, output to your console as well. So, uh, So that's a really handy way to to get a debug view of your your view hierarchies also if you if you don't necessarily want to use the whole visual thing like in my case i found that doing the the visual debug uh of the 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 hierarchy the view hierarchy um will sometimes get it so that i can't actually start the app up again 
so it'll pause and I can inspect it, but then I can't continue. So uh, I'm not sure if that's a bug or if that's by design, um, but it happens every time I try to debug the view hierarchy of the app that I'm currently working on. So, so that's a, a nice lightweight way of doing it is by uh, pausing your app or setting a breakpoint and then doing the recursive description. So there's a great tip from Paul Hudson, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. That's it for follow-up right now for this episode. I think I have another piece of follow-up, but I'll uh, defer it till next time because we're running short on time today. But uh, before we continue on, I'd like to just take a moment and talk about this episode's sponsor, Hover. As uh, iOS developers, we are always coming up with new app ideas, aren't we? But once we have an idea, how do you get the ball rolling on that idea? One great way to put a stake in the ground for your next app project is to register a domain name right away. That way you establish your idea and get it off the ground immediately. You tell the world that you're already underway on your next great app idea. In fact, when I started the app that I'm working on, that's exactly what I did. I went out and registered the, the domain first just so I could make sure that it was mine from that point on. And just like you want your app to be effortless for your end users when they interact with it, the folks at Hover have made the process of registering a domain as easy as it could possibly be. I love using Hover when I get an app idea, and you're going to love using Hover too, and here's why. First of all, you can quickly and easily discover and register a domain that's perfect for your app idea. And not only can you register your typical top-level domains like .com, .net, .org, but you can also register some of the, the newer, fancier ones the cool kids are using uh, today, like .io and .app. In fact, they have hundreds of extensions that you can search and register for, uh, literally from A to Z, from .actor to .zone. Also, uh, Hover's domain search will provide helpful suggestions to you if your first choice isn't currently available. So you'll always have some awesome options to choose from. Not only will you love Hover's search, but you will love Hover's support as well. Their support is simply amazing. They have best-in-class support for you. You can get the help when you need it and with no annoying phone trees or transfers. They'll have someone there to help you. And they have a live chat functionality with a knowledgeable staff to help you. Everyone, of course, is concerned about privacy and security. And Hover also offers free domain privacy so you can protect your contact information from hackers and spammers. So if you are ready to get that app off the ground and find your next domain name, you can also get... 10% off on your first order when you use Hover. How? Just go to hover.com forward slash iOS dev break and they will automatically take 10% off your first order at checkout when you use the promo code devbreak. That's D-E-V-B-R-E-A-K. So go out there and check out Hover, register your domain name. They are super awesome. They're very nice people, very helpful, and best of all, they are supporting iOS DevBreak. So check them out at hover.com forward slash iOS DevBreak and use that promo code DevBreak when you get there and you'll get that 10% off your first order. And uh, we'd like to give a big thanks to Hover for supporting this episode of iOS DevBreak. And for the next section, I wasn't quite sure if this should be a tips and tricks or uh, user experience. So I, it kind of goes into both. And uh, this is about iOS 12. And there's a, a feature in there that was highlighted in a WWDC talk. It was sort of the uh, 
uh, second part of one of the talks that they had at WWDC, and it, it's about security code autofill. And this is a feature that was piggybacked uh, onto the automatic strong passwords talk. And it's a really simple feature to add to your apps. And uh, I had the opportunity to work with this recently on our client's project. And uh, it's one of those features that it's a little bit of that sort of that Apple magic that makes your app sign up or sign in process just a little bit more delightful to work with. And uh, we've all used 2FA systems, two-factor authentication, that uh, where they send you a code and you have to figure out what the code was. You have to remember or maybe go switch over to messages and copy-paste it into the, the text box. And what security code autofill does is that it monitors your received messages and using a set of heuristics automatically populates the quick type bar. It's that bar above your keyboard when a text message is received by your device that looks like a security code to iOS 12. And so when you tap on the code, the code is automatically put into the text field. Uh, they go into a little bit more detail about it, about how it detects and so forth in that WWDC talk. So I encourage you to watch it. So I'll put a link to it in the show notes. The interesting thing about this feature is that it will actually automatically work in most cases, just out of the box in your app without any modifications if you follow the, the general uh, guidelines. Um, but uh, even more importantly, there is a new UI text content type that has been introduced for iOS 12 and it's called one-time code. So all you need to do is set your text content type property of your UI text field to dot one-time code. And the uh, the Apple developers who are giving the presentation, they basically say that if you do this, that your security code will work every time. I'm assuming that it makes it puts it into a mode that's maybe a little more vigilant uh, and can detect it a little bit better and more accurately or something, or maybe it just uh, is monitors it a little bit better. Whatever the case is, use that, and then it will uh, be much better at trapping the code. And as with most things, Apple, there are some guidelines to follow, such as don't build your own keyboard, which hopefully you're not doing anyway. But if you follow their way of doing it, your app will be a lot easier to use as a result. So it's kind of a one of those really nice, you know, easy things to implement, but it adds a little bit of an improved user experience for your users. So, uh, so I encourage you to check it out. As I mentioned, I was recently able to work with this feature on a client's app and it made it so much easier to deal with the security codes. I just kind of thought this is the way it needs to be. And it, um, it works really great. There, uh, there are some, some, uh, debates over the security aspect of this, but, uh, whether you like it or not, it's in iOS 12 and most apps will just, it'll just start working on its own anyway. So Apple has kind of opened the floodgates on this particular topic, whether we like it or not. So it's probably best to just go with it. And it's a super easy feature to implement if your UI is uh, kept simple and you do it the way Apple asks you to do it. Um, if you're not using a UI text field, for instance, for, t for entering a code, this was the case for me, uh, you might have to do some more work. But, uh, but right out of the box, it, it works really, really well. And uh, I encourage you to check it out because it's a nice little feature that can help your users quite a bit in a very frustrating, typical scenario that we see today. So check that out. That is the text content type property of UI text field and it's dot one time code. 
And I'll put, again, I'll put the link to the WWDC talk in the show notes. And that about wraps it up for this show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of iOS Dev Break. I hope that was helpful to you. Uh, we had a couple useful tips for you this week, and uh, we got more stuff lined up for the next episode as well. And uh, thank you so much for listening again. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Hover, too. Uh, they were very generous and very helpful to sponsor uh, this episode of iOS Dev Break. So again, uh, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iosdevbreak, and there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break, and until next week, we will catch you on the flip side. iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. 